0: With great honor and humility, I accept this nomination. I've never meant it more at stake in this election is the survival of our nation. This is our moment to make hope and history rhyme. My fellow Americans, the best is yet to come. This is 2020 Vision Ohio. Hello again. Clark Donnelly with you on 2020 Vision Ohio. We're glad that uh, you were able to join us for the uh, podcast that brings you truth for the post-truth era. Today, I'm happy to turn the microphone over uh, to Christy Kemper, QFM 96 News Director, valuable team member here at 2020 Vision Ohio, and she's got a great topic on this episode, uh, talking about uh, issue two. That's on the Columbus City Ballot A lot of attention paid to this issue over the summer. It's kind of faded away over the weeks because of the presidential election.
1: Nevertheless, still very important to a lot of people. So here's Christy. We are just over a week before Election Day, and I know where all of the focus seems to be right now is on the presidential election. But do you know how you're going to vote on Issue 2? You don't know what Issue 2 is? That's the proposal to change the city of Columbus's charter to allow for a civilian review board for the Columbus Police Department. So days after the protesters all clashed with police officers in the downtown streets of Columbus... Columbus Mayor Andrew Ginther announced his proposal for a civilian review uh, review board of the Columbus Division of Police. Now, my guest this morning, I'd like to welcome him to the show, is Nick Bankston. He is the campaign manager for Yes for Issue 2. Welcome to the show, Nick, and uh, for being a part of the program and kind of explaining to our listeners who might not be aware what Issue 2 is all about and what it means for a yes vote.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me, Christy. Uh, Excited to talk about Issue 2 and uh, answer any questions uh, out there for the voters.
1: So this is a broad coalition of support for Issue 2. How long have you been working on uh, sending flyers out and getting people acclimated to what Issue 2 is all about?
2: Absolutely. We've been you know trying to inform the public now a um, little um, since September, really, uh, when uh, we got certified by the Board of Elections back in August and have been ramping up that campaign on social media, sending out mailers, everything we can do to get the word out about issue two.
1: So here's my first question. Does issue two create an independent civilian review board to investigate Columbus police misconduct and recommend discipline?
2: Yes, it does. Uh, it actually with issue two would create two entities. So one is the civilian review board, which would be made up of, of course, Columbus residents and fellow neighbors. Uh, and then also an independent um, inspector general, uh, which would be appointed by the Civilian Review Board in answer to the Civilian Review Board. So the inspector general will be tasked with completing those independent investigations and the review board itself um, tasked with reviewing those investigations and recommending discipline where it is deemed necessary.
1: Now, some will say, well, Ohio is what is called a collective bargaining state. So that means per the law, the city has to bargain anything that has to affect the terms and conditions of employment with the FOP. So if that's the case, issue two doesn't create an independent civilian review if Ohio is a collective bargaining state and has to go through the FOP?
2: Well, we would have we'll have to go through the FOP for certain elements of it, um, but... The review board piece is something that we can do um, without negotiations and we can do legally. Uh, as it stands right now, uh, you or I could do a public records request um, and review any of the cases or documents uh, for the Internal Affairs Bureau. So, um, if we were to have a civilian review board in place, uh, we would still be able, that review board would still be able to review investigations. They would also still be able to recommend discipline. Uh, with issue two, it does not take away. Uh, any of the collective bargaining rights of the police officers, nor does it impose any discipline. Issue two would allow a body of our fellow neighbors to recommend discipline where, again, necessary.
1: Okay, so uh, Reynoldsburg City Council, didn't they just pass a proposal that would create a civilian review board for their city? Correct. Okay, so uh, the members there, of course, are appointed by the mayor and council members, and they've got to go through... A citizens' police academy, which I think is a good thing, uh, go on right along with police officers, which is an even better thing to see exactly what they have to deal with day in and day out. Correct? Is Absolutely. that so? Okay. So this is with Reynoldsburg. We're talking. Is this something that would also be put into play uh, for the city of Columbus?
2: I believe so. So those kinds of uh, details will not necessarily be in the charter amendment. So issue two is specifically just a charter amendment. It's literally just the establishment. Of those two entities, the Civilian Review Board and Inspector General, granted those um, powers that we've heard so much from, from the community, subpoena-powered independent investigations, and it just creates the framework. Now, to your point about the details of how those people will be appointed, what uh, kind of training will they go through, that's being worked out by the Civilian Review Board workgroup, and I can tell you that that has been a base um, of the conversation, that by minimum, they should have some type of training Um, that our officers go through and also have ride-alongs as well. And even conversations about even having um, current um, or former police officers serve on that board as well is all up for uh, debate and conversation because we want to make sure that the review board, I mean the form and function of it, works for the people of Columbus.
1: Again, my guest this morning is Nick Bankston. He is campaign manager for Yes for Issue 2, City of Columbus charter amendment that would establish a civilian police review board and also an inspector general. Now, you can probably understand, Nick, there are people that are definitely both sides of this issue. One for the police that, listen, they got enough that they're going through. Maybe a citizen review board isn't something that we really need because they don't know what we deal with day in and day out. But we've seen across the country the civil unrest that's been going on, that reform does need to take place in the police department, but maybe not in the form of a civilian review board.
2: Yeah, you know, and, and I would say that uh, to both sides, that this is really an opportunity for, about us rebuilding trust. This is not about establishing a board that will come out with some preconceived notion or us trying to demonize police. Um, honestly, you know, we have always said that our police officers in Columbus get the, the most training, uh, that they're the most well trained, and that we're the gold standard from across the nation. So I think with a civilian review board in place, For those officers that believe that, um, then this should be a no brainer in that we are able to um, communicate and show to the community that that is where our um, police officers are. And so, if anything, and what we've seen a lot of cases across the country with civilian review boards is um, sometimes the uh, independent, I mean, the investigation that's done internally ends up being the same result. But what this will do, Christy, is really give us an opportunity of transparency mm-hmm. uh, and, uh, and civilian oversight and accountability, because those won't be police officers or prosecutors that are telling us that our officers uh, were in compliance. What it will be is your fellow residents, our fellow neighbors, confirming that. And so that's how we begin to rebuild and restore trust. And at the base of our relationship with our police is trust. And so we have to rebuild that and restore that.
1: When you talk about transparency, a lot of people go, well, wait, wait a minute. As far as uh, the police and any kind of discipline that needs to come down, isn't that the public safety director's job? And if uh, the city politicians aren't doing their job and now you put it in the hands of the citizens, you can understand why people would have, have a question about that.
2: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, so, again, but uh, the Civilian Review Board, what it does is it just uh, provides us another lens uh, of oversight that is directly reflective of Uh, The community at the end of the day, uh, your point is made clearly, which is the safety director, who is a civilian himself, does have the opportunity um, to um, make recommend, I mean, sorry, discipline. He has the final say when it comes to discipline. But what we don't have right now currently is a system where the community as a whole feels comfortable going. Uh, there's So folks that I've talked to, and I so know you feel that there's, there's, a, sec- there,
1: there's there. a section of, the of, well, definitely a section of, of our community that's like, we're not being heard. And that's where all this stems from. We have said it for a while now. We're just not being heard. This is our, our opportunity to have our say.
2: Exactly. Exactly. And this is the first time in the city's history um, that we will vote on reform and have a say in that. And so you're absolutely right that there's that segment of the population, and a large segment, who don't feel like their voice uh, is heard or that their complaints are taken uh, when it comes to internal affairs investigation. So this is just an opportunity for us to have another um, lane for our residents and even police officers to go to.
1: Now, Mayor Ginther, he he appointed the working group that's going to decide how many members are on the board because none of that's really been decided yet. We're just talking, like you said before, about the charter. Um, So uh, a working group to decide how many members are on the board, how many they are appointed and how a proposed inspector general would be selected. Now, the group won't have any of those details until after the election is over with. So if issue two does pass, then that's where we would get more information about the actual group itself.
2: Well, and actually, I would say that 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 work group, um, their meetings are public. um, They're all online and they also are taking input from the community. So that's being shaped not just by them, but also by the community. But the details as far as in what should be in our charter, when we talk about the constitution of our city, those details are there. You know, it's, it's, it explicitly says in the amendment that there will be um, an odd number of members that will be made up of diversity of the city. Sure, they have sure. To be Columbus residents. All of that stuff is is there. There's subpoena powers, all of that. Um, and when we establish these boards in the city's charter, this is no different than the Rec and Parks Board or the Department of Health, uh, the details of how the day-to-day operations of that, that is usually always worked out in what we call the administrative code or by ordinance through council. So this is not anything different than any other board or commission we have established in the city charter.
1: And, of course, we brought up earlier about how Reynoldsburg City Council recently passed a proposal when you're talking about uh, what uh, the review board is made up of, mandated at least two members be minorities, uh, there be an attorney, uh, one need to have law enforcement background. And this is just for Reynoldsburg. Would this be something that the city of Columbus would also emulate, should issue two pass?
2: I think that uh, we are looking at all uh, options are on the table, I know for sure. Uh, the biggest thing is that we want to make sure they're Columbus residents and that it reflects the diversity of our city. And that's by race, that's by sexual orientation, that's by zip code and geography. We want to make sure that that our board is reflective of the community as a whole. Uh, But I do believe that there would be uh, some stipulations to ensure that, right? And make sure that we have safeguards in place.
1: Nick Bankston, again, campaign manager for Yes for Issue 2. And I think you had brought this up before. Some people might be confused by the term or not, maybe a catchphrase, civilian review, because civilians, we we can review anything, correct? Any, public records. We can make requests. We can go. We Me sitting here today, if I feel like, you know, I'm going to have lunch and I'm going to go down, I'm going to review some things, I can, correct?
2: Correct. Um, and... and I would say for the most part, there are some documents that are either sealed or certain parts of um, our justice system that aren't necessarily open to public records, such as grand juries and that kind of thing. But for the most part, by and large, yes, you can, as a private citizen, uh, do a public records request.
1: Now, retired Columbus Police Chief uh, Kim Jacobs, let's talk about the cost of this. Of course, the cost is unknown. Major cities across the country do have uh, these review boards, but she said it's kind of a big blank check. Do you think that that might be a problem? That's not transparent enough for people who would like to vote yes for issue two, but Mm -hmm. are my tax dollars going to go? How is this going to be funded if it does pass?
2: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You're right about that. And, you know, looking at other cities, our size, uh, I mean, when you look at, a Civilian Review Board in New York, yes, it costs $16 million, but we don't have the population of New York, right? So we have to look at that in proportion. So looking at other cities our size that have implemented that, it's typically, depending on the size of the staff and full-time folks, between $2 million uh, and, and $3 million. Now, this will not raise city taxes. We have a city budget that is close to a $1 billion. This is a priority of the mayor. It is a priority of the community. Um, and that should be reflected in our general operating budget as it stands now. Uh, so this will not raise taxes, and it will be uh, um, a line item in our current operating
1: budget. So Nick, before I let you go, give us a pro. People out there that's still not sure how they're going to vote on this. What is a pro for issue two, in your own words?
2: Yeah, the pro for issue two is that you know we're the only big city in America that doesn't have some form of civilian oversight. Um, with issue two. We will get that oversight and we will begin to build trust back in our division of police and that's really what this all comes down to this is about accountability this is about oversight and this is about restoring trust in our division of police Uh, and in this time uh, and what has happened we saw with george floyd we cannot here in columbus think that we are immune from that we have to be proactive uh, and we have to be ready for when those times come and we have to put in uh, a system in place that helps to restore uh, and regain the trust of the people for our Division of Police. So when something happens, we know that we are prepared here in Columbus.
1: Nick, if we have listeners out there right now that would like some more information and have questions, including what is the purpose of the civilian review? Is it to is it to investigate officers? Is it to punish officers? Where can they get more information about Issue 2?
2: Absolutely. Um, and again, Issue 2 is about not punishing officers. It is about Holding them accountable and having oversight. So, this is not a, uh, we're looking for something. Uh, but for more information for issue two, you can go to columbusissue2.com and also join the conversation on Facebook at vote yes on issue two.
1: Nick Bankston, my guest this morning, campaign manager, yes for issue two. Regardless of how you fall on any issue, please get out and vote. Nick, thank you for your time this morning.
2: Absolutely. Thank you, Christy.
0: All right. Christy Kemper with a
1: look uh, at issue
0: two on your November 3rd battle in the city of Columbus. Before we go, just want to remind you that uh, voting is underway in person, of course, and uh, we are into the uh, weeks that you are allowed to vote on weekends. So let me just run down the... Uh, Hours that you can cast your ballots at the Board of Elections on Morse Road uh, up until the 23rd, 8 until 6. But then that weekend, the 24th and 25th, 8 till 4 on Saturday, 1 to 5 on Sunday. The week of the 26th through the 30th, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m. Monday through Friday. Then Saturday, Halloween, 8 till 4. And then 1 to 5 on Sunday, November 1st, Monday the 2nd, the final day of early voting, 8 until 2. And then, of course, November 3rd is Election Day. So, just days away, as Christy mentioned, we want to uh, remind you to uh, continue to join us on future episodes of 2020 Vision Ohio as we get closer to Election Day. Rate us, review us, subscribe on your favorite podcast app, tell all your friends about us. Don't forget, uh, you can share your thoughts at 2020vision at columbusradiogroup.com. For Christy and for our producer, Greg Hansberry, I'm Clark Donnelly. Hope to see you next time on 2020 Vision Ohio.